be realistic. I learned this a number of years ago, way later than I should have. I wanted to be perfect. And so for me to even do a Facebook Live, it took me half a day to get hair, makeup, right, right lighting, yep. background. <laughs> and then I got a great coach and he said, no one believes you, Sharon. You are too perfect. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Hello, welcome back to episode 71. Yes, that's right. I have another incredible guest to have a chat with today. And this one owns nine companies. I am not kidding, nine companies. And she still manages to have a free time to connect with people, to say no, whatever she wants, to look after herself. It's incredible. So you're going to hear about that. Sharon Jurd is basically the founder of SMJ Coaching Institute. She's international author, coach, and speaker. She's been voted the world's number one female coach of coaches. She's an international number one bestselling author of How to Grow Your Business Faster Than Your Competitor and Extraordinary Women in Franchising. Guys, she's built a company that has franchises in, I think she just said 45 countries. So she knows about that as well. It's incredible. And there's some really great content coming up around pricing. So I want you to listen in for that for sure. And just how she manages her incredibly full schedule. All right, let's do this. Let's bring Sharon onto the show. All right, you guys, welcome to the show, Sharon. How's it going? I'm amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here (laughs) and, you know, have a chat and talk about all things exciting. I am too. Guys, I purposely didn't like start talking too much to Sharon before I hit record because I thought we'd have a really fun conversation. I just want you guys to listen in on it. So that's what we're going to (laughs) do. I do. Sharon cannot be like the more perfect person for this as well, because you'll find out soon, not quite yet, but soon, you'll find out around all the projects that she has in her life. So she's going to probably have a really different perspective, an excellent perspective on how to work a little bit smarter through those really tricky growth, high growth, crazy, overwhelming times. So for all the listeners, they know I like to jump straight on into some really great tips and tactics. And that's what we'll do with you as well. Mm -hmm. What do you do, Sharon, in the times of craziness, manicness, where you are just so busy? How do you keep control over that and keep grounded? That's a great question because like I own nine companies, right? And so people think (laughs) that I, my life is in chaos and it's not. I tell you the biggest tip I have is I have an ideal week. And so it's not a perfect week, but it's an ideal week. And what that means is I have everything structured in so I don't forget, you know, so the things that are not urgent or unimportant sometimes get put aside, put aside, put aside, where I have that time booked in so I know, like, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, go, oh, (laughs) I have to do that. Totally. I go, ah, that's Thursday, nine o'clock. And so... I know what I'm doing when I'm doing because my belief is he who controls your time controls your income. So I'm very, very in control of my time. And I'm very disciplined about that. 
because some people don't like it sometimes <laughs> because I am disciplined around it. And so people come to me with their chaos yeah. and say, to give you an example, I pay mm-hmm. my accounts on Thursday. And sometimes people in my company come and go, can you pay this bill? It needs to be paid urgent. And it's a Tuesday. Yeah. The answer is a hard no. I don't pay accounts on Tuesdays. I pay them on Thursdays. And they'll be like, but it's urgent. No, it's a hard no. Yeah. Makes sense. Because if I did that, I would be jumping to everybody's chaos and not getting anything of my work and what I need to get done. Totally. And so I have to. I never say, oh, okay, just this once. Because once you do that, then that opens it up. So on my days, you know, I know, and my team know what I'm doing and my clients know what I'm doing. So I share that with everybody. I get my hair done every Friday morning at 8 a.m. My clients will text me going, I know you're at the hairdressers. Can you call me when you come <laughs> afterwards? <laughs> because, you know, I share it and I don't lie about it. I don't just go, oh, I've got an appointment. Yeah. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm really honest about it yeah, because that's important to me as it is, you know, someone else might get a massage or play golf. That's what I do. So having that ideal week and being very disciplined and in control of your own time. So because you own so many businesses, how do you then break it, that ideal week down into the individual businesses that you have? Do you have a rule for doing that as well? Yes. So like on Mondays, to give you an example, I do all the meetings with all of my teams. Okay. So I'd like to film it in my boardroom because I sort of sit in the boardroom and everybody comes in, whether it's <laughs> virtually or in person and you know they're coming and going, but I stay all day. And so what I do is I have the meetings for all of my companies on Mondays. So that gives the team the opportunity to go away for the week and do what they do best. And then they don't normally have to see me again unless something's come from that meeting. So they, in that meeting, we might go, well, let's meet up on Thursday and do that. And so I do. I chunk the roles that I'm doing. So I have development time. So I sit down in development time and that's building products or developing a talk. I do development for all companies in that development time because that's where my headspace is, yeah? Yeah. I don't jump from development to accounts, you know. I don't go from creative to analytical. I'm very conscious of how that's spread out over the week. Excellent. Do you have any meeting tips? Because you're doing lots of meetings with all the various teams. What do you do to keep those meetings under control? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, be very disciplined. Uh, One, I call them action meetings. Cool. We are not a talk fest and I have a very strict agenda. I have an expectation that everybody comes prepared. I don't accept people coming in going, I haven't done that. Also, I expect everyone to be on time. So once you set the expectations with your team, then everything runs smoothly. I do not accept lateness. I think it's really rude for other people's time. And so everybody's on time, they're prepared, and we can move through the agenda very quickly because the preparation is done. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So, okay, I want to know about the businesses that you run and the listeners do, of course, now, because they're thinking, wow, Mm. (laughs) how many again? Nine. (laughs) I thought you said nine. Okay. What are the nine different I won't go through them all, but I'll tell you a few where I sit mostly. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is SMJ Coaching Institute, and I wear that hat a lot. And what I do in that business is help people grow themselves and their businesses. I have a program that specifically helps coaches coach, 
because a lot of people say that they want to coach as I do. And so there's a master coach program, but I do one-on-one coaching with high level performers. Yeah. Great. I'm the owner of HydroClean Australia, HydroClean Global and HydroClean International. So three very Mm. separate companies. And it's a international franchise in 47 countries at the moment. We're the fastest. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) We are the fastest Australian international growth company in the franchising world right now. So we are growing faster than any other franchise in Australia internationally. (laughs) Wow. That is incredible. Oh, my God. I know. Like, I have this map of the world in my office with all the dots on it. And I look at it and I'm just like, what? That's where we are. That's where you are. That's like actually where you're making impacts in every single little dot that's on your map. Yeah. That's so good. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So HydroClean franchise partners and licenses. So they clean air conditioners. So the domestic type air conditioners that are in your home. And so we're the only one in the world that has, you know, the fit for purpose equipment to do that. Yeah. Wow. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Then I have drinkable air, which is a water machine that makes water out of air. So it doesn't filter water. It actually makes water and we put some minerals in it to make it the perfect water. Okay. So we have those machines. Yes. I have SACE, which is a specialized air conditioning cleaning equipment, which is in direct competition with HydroClean because a lot of people were coming to us saying, we don't want to buy a franchise because of their situation. We just want to buy machines and the bags and have the access to the equipment. It's not the same equipment, but we design that equipment to sell those machines internationally. So we don't sell them here in Australia, but we sell them internationally. Okay. So it's in direct competition to us, really, even though we don't think about competition too much. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Smart move. Okay. Ah, yeah. (laughs) We saw an opening in the market and we're like, Mm -hmm. well, someone else is going to come do that. So so we developed that. My gosh. Okay. That's a lot. Any more that you want to share? (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So if we were to hone in on one of these businesses, do you want to have a chat about the SMJ coaching? Yeah, sure. That would be great because I know that what you're doing in that space with the high-performing individuals and then training coaches as well, there's a lot of listeners that fit either of those brackets. So (laughs) let's talk about that a little bit with that business. How long has that one been around? Since 2013 is the the branded. I was coaching a long time before that, but I hid behind other logos, you know, because I felt vulnerable about coming out and going, oh, it's Sharon Jurd now. Ah. Uh, People like me. And then the like. So yeah, I used to send invoices out in HydroClean and some of our other businesses for coaching because I was scared to go, oh, I'm Sharon Jurd and, and this is what I do. So like crazy now, but I know a lot of people feel the same. They look to hide behind the logo yeah. where I had to come out and go, no, it's not that they don't like me. It's just not the right time. We're not the right fit. You know, loads of things. Because I always go, it's not about me. <laughs> I think it's always about me, but it's not always about me. <laughs> I know. That's human nature, right? It's like, oh, everyone's thinking about me. <laughs> yeah, no one's thinking about me. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so with that business then, if I can get my head around somebody that you're working with, because I know you do the one-on-ones, but you do the training, you do a lot of, have a lot of different facets in there, but it would be really great if you want to think about somebody who's had the most profound experience with you recently that just pops to mind. Talk me through 
that person and happy for you to name them or not name them, but like, what was the before and after of them with you working with you? Yeah. It's actually uh, two ladies yep. who are in business together, Melda and Rebecca, and they're from New Zealand. And they came to me, they were hypnotherapists and they were charging by the hour, which is the first thing that anybody comes into my world. I'm like, stop doing that, yep. please. And Melda said to me, I'll tell you the story. It was during COVID, so March 2020, when we were shutting down, I was at an event, 110 people from 11 countries, they were here in Australia, saw me present, came up and Imelda ran up and said, I want to work with you because I want to learn how to sell without being salesy. And right. you just did that. So she's filling out the form. She's going, we've got to go back to New Zealand because the world's shutting down, but here's my form. And so we caught up a little while later because you can imagine, we can't imagine, we all know what happened. Yeah, totally. So what I did with Imelda and Rebecca was I changed up their business model because they were doing this hourly rate, they had a ceiling on how much they could earn. So what we did, we just changed up some dialogue, got them to package up a coaching package. Yeah. And then they went back to their clients, the clients they already had that were doing hypnosis sessions with them. And with the dialogue, basically said, right, this is the next step. You're going to go into a six-month coaching program. And they charged the same clients four times the amount they were charging doing the hypnosis sessions, four times the amount. Same people. And did anyone say no? No one said no. I knew it. I knew that was going to be the answer. (laughs) Yes. And like I was telling this story at an event two weekends ago, and there was a lady in the audience and she put her hand up and she said, um... I was one of those people. <gasps> I was their client. No way. <laughs> yes. And she said, and I pay, <sighs> I'm telling you. So, you know, because people go, oh, well, you know, my people can only afford this. That's what their belief was. Correct. They were charging as much as they could charge. But having a different dialogue, a different way of presenting it, increased it by four times. So it was individual sessions before, and then it was then a six-month program with an actual flat rate for the program, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And so so they knew their forward income. They charged them on a monthly basis, but they knew for the next six months, this is what what we're earning. There was that consistency and stability around what, what they were doing in their business. They had to, they brought another person in in their business. They opened another business with another lady. Rebecca took a year off. She says she had a gap year because they had enough income and cash flow to support that. Like it was, it's amazing. Wow. That's so life-changing, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, at the the beginning, they weren't, I can share all this because I have their permission and I I do share it. They weren't drawing themselves a wage initially. They weren't earning enough money to draw a wage. They were just paying the bills. Yeah. And their goal was to take their families away. So they both had young children and their husband sort of out of their business money yeah and they did that very very quickly and you know paid for the whole holiday and they sent me photos of the champagne and yeah <laughs> that's so smart by the way and I yeah I speak to people all the time that are have that belief system and they're like oh like but how do I charge more and value-based pricing what is that and how does it work and so how does it work how do you help people actually choose the perfect price to charge yeah I say every time in capital letters, every time, (laughs) without exception, people will come to me and I'll tell them they're not charging enough. Yep. Because 
what happens is people don't see the value. If you're sitting in front of someone and saying, I'm about to change your life forever and it's going to cost you $297, they don't believe you. But if you sit in in front of someone and say, I'm about to change your life forever and it's going to cost you, you know, $2,900, you know, or, uh, you know, per month or for six months, they go, okay, this is going to be good. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. (laughs) And so you've got to get the belief of that person going, this is, you know, of great value. And you will get more no's at a lower price than you will at a higher price because they will not believe you. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. Do you know, you're going to love this story. So I interviewed an amazing guy not too many episodes back named Ian, who has a big agency in the States and he and his team film, he calls them case stories rather than case studies because they he often yes. gets clients crying and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> he pitched to Amazon and found out the reason why he didn't get it, even though he charges a lot, was still because it wasn't enough. Like enough. Amazon looked at him and goes, yeah. well, it just must not be what we need because it's too cheap. No, it's low. Yeah. <laughs> too low. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So every time someone comes into my world, we uh, usually are adding a zero <laughs> onto the end. Yeah. And the question being is, you know, how do they believe that? It's that. you hold your poise and you start saying it out loud. And when you do, it becomes more comfortable, more comfortable. I always say... I'm not stepping you outside of your comfort zone. What I'm doing is expanding your comfort zone. So what was uncomfortable is now comfortable, yeah? So I just keep getting them to say it, present it, and then it becomes easier and easier and they'll get the yeses. Uh, There's some dialogue around it, of course, yeah? Yeah, of course, of course. What a tip, right? That's such a strong tip for people. Yeah. What I'd also like to ask you is around... In general, I guess, around all of your businesses, are you finding anything that's working extraordinarily well in, we'll start with marketing and then we'll move into sales processes. <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> marketing first. Yeah, I can answer this all together because I really yeah. am passionate about something because sales and marketing, the outcome of that is to attract clients, right? And I say high paying clients because a lot of people come to me going, oh, you know, I need a whole heap of clients. No, you just need a few good high paying clients. Then you're working less hours. You can look after them more closely and have more fun. So around the sales and marketing, the first thing that I do is build strong relationships. And I think people undervalue that. They look for, you know, the bright light of marketing and sales. And I look for relationships. I look for what I call strategic alliances and I spend 80% of my time. If someone said, what's your marketing? This is my marketing. And so I spend time with strategic alliances. 
Strategic alliances are people who are working with a community that you also work with. And then you come from a giving place yeah. and you give, 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 do not take. Because a lot of people will go and say, oh, hey, Heather, can I come and sell to your community? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's taking. There's two people in this world, givers and takers. Yeah. So it's like give. <laughs> and just give. Don't expect anything back because the universe will provide. Like yeah. I give uh, to you. I don't expect you have to give me back. I know that the giving will come somehow. Yeah. And a lot of people say to me, Sharon, you give too much. And I'm like, I'm living an extraordinary life. I'm going to do more of that because it's fun. So build relationships with strategic alliances. I have a list. In all my companies, we have a list of 30 to 40. Okay. And then we nurture those relationships. We keep in contact. We get together. Whether we do work together or not is not relevant. As long as we're nurturing those relationships, all sorts of great things come anyway. And then the other tip I wanted to give is, be realistic. I learned this a number of years ago, way later than I should have. I wanted to be perfect. And so for me to even do a Facebook Live, it took me half a day to get hair, makeup, right. bright lighting, yep. background. <laughs> and then I got a great coach and he said, no one believes you, Sharon. You are too perfect. I love that. I'm like, I'm like, what? Oh, the story gets better. Oh, Listen cool. to this. Okay. So I said to him, okay, I'm going to do a live video and I'm not going to do the hoo-ha. I wear makeup, you know, I did the makeup, but I didn't do the hoo-ha. Yeah, yeah. And did the video. The very next day I'm driving to the office. My mum calls me and she said, I'm allowed to speak with your father because he wouldn't call you. And I'm like, oh, okay. She said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Why? She goes, I saw your video yesterday and you look shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm oh. not kidding. And I'm like, Mom, I was trying to be real. I gave her the story and she's going, it was bad. It was really bad, Sharon. She said, I said, I was at home. And she goes, do it at the office. Like, you know, I have a really good relationship with my mom. And it sounds bad, but this is the story. I live away from my parents and the most they were seeing me was on my videos. Yeah. And so they got this perception of this is how I looked all day, every day. And it wasn't the real me. Even my parents got confused by that. Wow. And it was a rude awakening for me because I was like, well, my parents think like I'm like that all the time. And so it was a very big lesson. So I changed that around and went, I'm just going to be me. If that's how I look on that day, if that's what I want to say on that day, I'm going to do that. And I see this in a lot of, you know, coaches particularly or business people, that it's the showreel, right? We get the showreel on social media oh, yeah. and social media and the like. And so I'm not saying be unprofessional, but just come back to being more real and more your instead of the I should be this in your marketing and your sales, if you're vulnerable in an appropriate way. People will do business with people, not the logo, not your great content. They'll do business with people. You mean like all that time you spend on the business card and the logo and all that? Oh, that doesn't work, really? 
I know. I love it. I know. And they worry about, you know, the color green. Or Or the font. (laughs) I get that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two things you've said that I really liked. The first one was the intention of giving without getting anything in return. I was just talking about that to somebody the other day. And sometimes you get these incredible things that come back to you even 10 years later. It's powerful, right? When you just come from that space. Amazing. Yeah. And I call people out on this a lot because people go, oh, yes, I give without expectation. So I ask the question, if you smile at somebody, do you expect them to smile back? And they go, yes. Interesting. That's giving (laughs) with an expectation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I smile at somebody with no expectation. You know, people go, oh, I expect a thank you. There's an expectation. Expectation. So nothing, nothing. I expect nothing back. And I play full out on that. Yeah, I get that. I totally get yeah. that from just the small interactions we've had too, which I love. <laughs> Other thing I want to ask you, because when you started to become more real in your videos, what happened as a result of doing that? Did things shift in your business? I was less stressed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Do you know how hard it is to set everything up to perfection just to do a, you know, a few second video? Yeah. Yeah, so I had a lot more time. Yes, I got loads more interaction. I had people coming to my events and feeling like they already knew me and seeing the same person on stage. There you go. Because I used to say I was the same person from stage to the back of the room, but I really wasn't because I was sending out these videos that were not really me. And so people could see me at the front of the stage, the back of the stage. Everything was congruent. Everything was congruent. And I get lots of feedback about my grandma and I'm like, I went to school until I was 14. I talk like this. And so (laughs) this is me. You know, if you want me to change, then I'm not me. Yeah. So I really leaned into that because I don't know anybody else that could pull off perfection like I did artificially. (laughs) That's a great quote. Oh, I don't know anybody else that could pull off perfection. That's brilliant. Yes. (laughs) When you confuse your own parents, you know you're really good at it, right? (laughs) Just, oh my God, people just were attracted to me. I didn't have to go and find people. They just felt comfortable with me. Yeah. And what do you love to do these days? Is it all one in the same work, play, life? Is everything considered the same for you? Yeah, I don't like this work-life balance. Yeah. I think it's life. It's life. Yeah, yeah. It's your life. And so you have all of these areas of your life, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know, I look at those four areas and they're in work and in life. And I just look at those areas rather than going, this is work, this is life. But yeah, this is what I do every day. I wake up in the morning and I say, whose life am I going to change today? I go to bed at night and go, whose life did I change today? Nice. Yeah? Nice. What happens in between is just that. I don't worry about what business or what modality. I just know that in that space in between those two questions to myself, I've come from a giving place and I've changed somebody's life. And that's it. Strong intention. I like it too, because so many people teach like the whole exercise of gratitude, right? Like write five things down that you're (laughs) grateful for. But that's to me is easier. What you just said, like, Hmm. who did I help today? That's a very clear understanding. And when you start to think about that, you can't help but feel 
grateful. And I know. You know what I mean? Smart. I see what you're doing there, Sharon. (laughs) Yeah. Everything that I implement into my business is this changing people's lives? Is this helping somebody? You know, is it our franchise partners? Is it our licensees? Is it my coaching clients? Is it, you know, my coaches? Everything I do is about that. Yeah. Great. Oh, okay. So if somebody wants to do something with you, specifically, let's say the coaching space, Yes. where do they go? Where do they get started? Where do they learn about you? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm everywhere. (laughs) You just have to Google Sharon Jurd and all of it comes up. Those fake videos from way back are still there. Oh, yes. Love it. (laughs) If they can go to my website, that's smjcoachinginstitute.com. But if you want to talk to me directly, because I'm very approachable, because people think, oh, when someone owns nine companies, how do you ever get to talk to that person? True. The way you get to talk to me directly is through Facebook Messenger. If you become friends with me and then chat to me in Facebook Messenger, that's me. That's not my team, not my PA. And I hang out there because I love chatting and that's where you can chat the most. And it's real. Because someone said to me the other day, is this you, your PA, VA or some chat bot? And I'm like, no, it's me. But how do you believe that? (laughs) Right? I know, I know. (laughs) So Facebook Messenger is me. So you find me on Facebook under Sharon Marie Jurd. But go to my website. There's a form there and that's very formal. And if you just want to connect, (laughs) Facebook Messenger. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So whether they want maybe some high-performance coaching from you or if they are a coach or looking to be a coach and want the assistance with that, you could handle both the sides, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, what I help people with in that performance, because peak performance sometimes can be business structure or your own Mm. life, if you want, you know, a new relationship or the like. So I help people get rid of their negative emotions and limiting beliefs. So, you know, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. And then those beliefs around, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Because when I coach somebody, some people say to me, are you a business coach? No, I don't coach the business. I coach people. Because people come to me for a marketing plan, but it's not the marketing plan. It's what they're saying to themselves up here. So I work up here and they first got to grow themselves and then grow their business. Love it. So good. Okay. (laughs) As we start to wrap up, what last thought would you Mm -hmm. like to leave with our listeners? I suppose the one thing is, you know, people feel a lot of overwhelm because in business and in life, there is so much to do. And I just want to add, because a lot of people do ask this question later on, when you've got nine businesses, I do not do any all-nighters. I don't work through the night. I finish by 4.30 p.m. because I watch Bold and Beautiful in the afternoon. (laughs) So hello to all of those people out there that listen to Bold and Beautiful. So I do wake up early. But to get out of the chaos, because some people feel like there's just this overwhelm, there's so much to do, I always say chunk down, chunk down, chunk down, chunk down. What's the next five things you need to do to grow my business? What's the next five things I need to do? Tick them off. Create that winning success of marking things off in your to-do list. Don't write a to-do list of 100 things, just the next five. Yeah, nice. Then you go the next five and then you go the next five. Because if you ask me what my to-do list is right now, it's never ending. It never goes away. And there's a thousand and one things I need to do, but I'm not going to do a thousand and one things today. I'm just going to do the next five things the next five things, the next five things. So if that helps, that's what I'd leave with you today. That helps a lot, a lot. It makes (laughs) it feel like anyone can do five things, you know? Mm -hmm. So really powerful. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, thank you so much for being here and having a chat. There's some great takeaways in that for sure. And just even hearing from you, someone with nine businesses and just how you have sanity and you have a fun life and you're still accessible. I mean, just that alone says everything about how you run your life and your businesses. So thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. It's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.